You're listening to the DNB Supply Show podcast, your number one resource for living the country lifestyle. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, coming to you from my place in the country to yours. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DNB Supply Radio Show. This is your host, Matt Breckwald, and it is great to have you here with us. We hope you're having a great winter as uh, we are coming up on the McCall Winter Carnival. Now, for those of you who have never been up to McCall to experience this, it is just a fantastic time, and there are just incredible things to see, not the least of which are the ice and the snow sculptures, just absolutely fantastic, and this has been an Idaho tradition going back to the early 1900s, which we're going to hear all about during this episode. So whether you're in eastern Oregon or southwest Idaho, this would be well worth the trip for you to go up and experience this and kind of break out of that cabin fever that you might be experiencing in the winter over here in the Pacific Northwest and uh, wanted to let you know all about what McCall has to offer for you during this winter carnival. So today we're going to have on Mackenzie Kramer. Uh, She works for the McCall Chamber of Commerce and she'll be talking all about what will be going on up there at the winter carnival and what it has to offer for you. And then we're going to be speaking with John Scholes. He is an ice sculptor and also a wood sculptor, but he'll be competing in the ice sculpting competition and snow sculpting competition up there in McCall. And he'll be talking all about his art form, how he got started in that, and how the process all works. Hope you'll enjoy this episode and hope you get out and enjoy the winter here in eastern Oregon and, of course, southwest Idaho, everybody. Mackenzie, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for coming on today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, you bet. I'm thrilled to profile this great event up in McCall and and learn more about it. And I thought maybe we'd start off just by having you introduce yourself to our audience really quick. Tell us about you and, and what you do. Well, uh, my name is Mackenzie Kramer. I've been working uh, with the McCall Area Chamber for about 10 years now. They are the uh, organization that puts on Winter Carnival. So this will actually be my ninth year planning Winter Carnival. So I learn new stuff every year. We add new events every year. So it's one of those fun things that I get to do every winter and, you know, really enjoy all that McCall has to offer. So you're with the Chamber of Commerce now. Is that a a full-time type position or is that something that you do after your regular day job? Uh, Yeah, so um, I'm actually a contracted event planner with the McCall Area Chamber. Um, I have my own uh, web design and marketing business in my day job, so it all fits together really nicely. Um, So it's been a really great relationship over the years. Well, now, for as many people that have heard of the McCall Winter Carnival, I know that not everybody in our listening audience has made it up there yet, so I wanted to ask you a few questions about the history of it, Uh, but how long has it existed? Winter Carnival was held in the 1960s. We're at 54 years of Winter Carnival this year. That said, uh, the idea for Winter Carnival actually started back in 1924. And back then it was called the Payette Lake Winter Games. Mm -hmm. And it was just um, a weekend event, a way for people to uh, relieve that cabin fever, get out, do some dog sled racing, ice skate, things like that. And we actually had a train from Boise bring 248 people to McCall. And that was the whole of the event, the very first year in 1924. So since that time, um, Carnival has obviously grown immensely. Um, Each year we see anywhere between 50 and 60,000 people come through McCall over the 10 days of Carnival. Oh my goodness, that uh, that is a lot of people coming into Little McCall. It is a lot of people. And uh, we say that number and we always like to remind people, you know, we're usually a town of about 3,000 people. So (laughs) um, it's definitely very busy. It's very fun. But, you know, 
there's definitely some traffic and, and a lot of people on the street. So, uh, you know, we slow down and we just enjoy because you're not going to get anywhere super fast during winter carnival. <laughs> yeah, you certainly are not. And uh, do the bulk of, of your visitors for the carnival, do they come out of the Treasure Valley down here in the Boise area? Um, you know, we see people from all over the country and sometimes even all over uh, the world. But the, the majority of our visitors are coming out of the valley. You know, it's an easy day trip. If you just want to come up for a couple of different events, the Mardi Gras Parade is always a huge event. Um, a lot of people come up for the day for that. So it's really nice because you can come and stay overnight. You can come for the day uh, and everyone just has a great time. So whatever is in the cards for you is it works. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now, what is the Mardi Gras Parade? Tell everybody what that is. So the Mardi Gras Parade is probably our, our biggest event at Winter Carnival. It happens on the first Saturday. So uh, this year that will be uh, January 26th. It uh, starts at noon and it's just a, a really fun time. All of our, our local businesses and organizations put floats together. They throw candy and beads and uh, you know fun items into the crowd. A really great family event. It lasts for about an hour and then you're right downtown in the pour so you can directly from there go and grab you know, some cotton candy, you can look at sculptures, you can listen to live music. Um, it's really, I think, one of the signature events at Winter Carnival. Now, you were talking about the history just a moment ago, and all the way back to 1924. Uh, what was the stimulus for this, starting with those Payette Lake games? It was really just that um, winters can be kind of long in the call. We all love snow, but, you know, six months of snow on the ground can, it can be a little tedious at times. So, this was a midwinter celebration to bring the community together, get people out of their houses. They would have just fun games and things like that. I know, um, I believe it was for the first sled dog race that we had that year in 1924. The prize was an orange. <laughs> so just to give you a little context, uh, really just a community event to get people out and mingling and something fun to do to break up the, the long winter. Well, that's funny. You know, in 1924, to be able to have a fresh orange in Idaho... Uh, in the middle of winter was probably a pretty big deal. It is a big deal. I mean, it sounds kind of trivial now, but <laughs> if you think back, like that was that was uh, the primo prize. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, so what are the official dates this year? Let's make sure we've got everybody lined out correct on that. Yep, so it's January 25th through February 3rd. Ten full days. It'll kick off this coming Friday, the 25th. Okay. All right, well, i got to take a quick commercial break. Let's do that, and when we come back, I want to talk about some other events going on up there as well. Perfect. For work, play, or a little bit of both this winter, stop by D&B Supply for Wrangler gear. From flannel line jeans to stylish shirts and jackets, fit for the field or a night out, Wrangler has you covered. Established in 1947 with the spirit of courageous individuality, Wrangler apparel is designed to last and look good to boot. With new styles and great fits, it's clothing that wears well no matter what the season or what life throws at it. So stop by your favorite D&B and get covered this winter in Wrangler gear. After a long day on your feet, nothing feels better than slipping into some Twisted X moccasins. So pick up a pair at D&B Supply. These aren't your ordinary shoes. With roots and western boots, Twisted X creates handcrafted, comfortable moccasins that stand out from the pack. They capture the spirit of the American West from the design down to the soles. Find your new favorite comfort shoes with a pair of Twisted X moccasins available at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, Mackenzie. Well, you mentioned the Mardi Gras Parade. What other events are going on during the carnival, uh, I guess, outside of the Mardi Gras Parade? 
Yeah, well, we can't talk about Carnival without talking about the snow sculptures. It's probably uh, the most iconic thing at Winter Carnival, aside from the Mardi Gras Parade. This year, we're expecting about 40 different snow sculptures Mm -hmm. uh, to be scattered throughout town. And we do have a map uh, on our website, or you can pick up a printed copy when you get to town uh, to kind of map out your route to go see all of these great creations. We have amazing artists that do this. Our theme this year, I should mention, is legends, myths, and superheroes. So we are expecting some absolutely amazing sculptures to be built with that theme in mind. <laughs> now, who thinks up the theme? The, the Winter Carnival Committee does. Every year, we, we go back and forth. We take suggestions from uh, the community. The past couple of years, we've been uh, focused pretty historically. We've had the centennial of, of Valley County, and so we, we did a theme around that. So this year, we really just wanted to go... In a completely different direction, something really fun uh, that would that would really get people excited and very different from some of the other things we've had in the past couple of years. And and then you come up with a theme. How does that? Uh, I, how do people notice that theme when they come to experience the carnival? So the theme is uh, just kind of a, a loose framework for people to use um, when they're planning different events. In the parade, although it is a Mardi Gras parade, um, you'll see a lot of the different floats decorate based on the theme. Their music will reflect the theme. Their costumes will, will reflect the theme. And then throughout all of the different events that are happening, stove sculptures, some of the the other signature events like our bingo, and uh, we've got wine dinners, and we've got just a whole lot of different things, live music, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they just sprinkle the theme throughout. So uh, the two big places you'll see it is the parade and the sculptures. Uh, but it's, it's definitely present in, in everything that is carnival. Are the sculptures, will they be on theme? Are, are the competitors required to sculpt something that, that relates to that? They're not required to, but a lot of people uh, follow the theme because it gives them a bit of a direction uh-huh. um, as far as what they want to do. So our local sculptures, we actually give out uh, 10 prizes and then a People's Choice Award. So it's a big competition. We definitely, uh, it's a bit cutthroat between between the sculptors, <laughs> which is great for us because we get some amazing creations. <laughs> yeah. What kind of prizes can they win? First through 10th prize is all cash prizes. So our, our, our grand prize winner gets $2,200 cash prize. Okay. So the prizes go from there down to about $500. So there's a lot of, of money to be won from the sculptures. <laughs> now, of all these events, and I know you've probably got to remain unbiased, but do you have a favorite? Well, you know, it's tricky. I, um, I'm i a dog lover, <laughs> so I tend to gravitate toward those. There's a couple of events. The Monster Dog Pole, uh, which our local animal shelter, McPaws, puts on every year. Mm-hmm. is It's hilarious to watch. It's amazing. Um, it happens on the first Saturday every year. And what they do is um, anyone can enter their dog. It does not have to be you know, a trained sled puller. And they have categories so that we have Great Danes all the way down to tiny little Pomeranians uh, pulling weighted sleds. And then it's just based on uh, the time. And it is, it's a riot. If you haven't been, uh, I definitely recommend <laughs> it. And then we also started a, a brand new event last year. Um, it's a, a group that came and it's an Iditarod qualifying race. So it is, it's a very legit sled dog race that happens during carnival time. Um, and it's fun because um, they're really interactive. Uh, the mushers and their dog teams, you know, meet the public. You can, there's a lot of different opportunities to learn a lot about the sport um, and see what these amazing dogs do. So I'm kind of partial to the animal events. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> An Iditarod qualifying event. I mean, the Iditarod is long. How long is this particular event in McCall? So 
there's actually um, last year we had one distance, which was 150 miles. This year they're adding a second distance. So uh, depending on what the mushers want to do, uh-huh. uh, they can either do a 150 mile route or a 300 mile route. Wow. And what's really what's really cool about it is um, they actually use our snowmobile, our groomed snowmobile trail throughout Valley County. Uh, we have about 500 miles of it, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. But they do some some great loops and. It's my understanding that to qualify for the Iditarod, you have to have completed a number of different distance races, mm-hmm. uh, not just one. So this would count towards their qualification to uh, be participating in the Iditarod. And now I completely glossed over something you said a second ago, but did I hear you right? You say a, pro- a Pomeranian was pulling a sled? <laughs> we have had Pomeranians. We've had some Chihuahuas. The sleds and the weights get much smaller uh-huh, uh, based uh-huh. on the dog size. But yes, it's uh, that's some of our favorites. When the, when the little dogs come out and pull the sleds, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, for all of our folks listening who have non-traditional work schedules, and maybe they're off during the middle of the week, if they want to come up to the carnival, what's going on during the middle of the week when you don't have your weekend rush? Yeah, so um, obviously the snow sculptures are still up, and it's something that you can do. Um, it's absolutely free to come and, and look at those. As I mentioned, the, the dog sled race actually happens midweek, and so the, the kickoff ceremonies and some of those uh, interactive events will happen during the middle of the week. There's also lots of fun things if you're, um, you know, if you're into uh, food and wine and things like that. We have winemaker dinners. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some really, really fun things like that happening. The other big two events that we have at Carnival happen midweek, and it's bingo. And everyone always laughs when we say bingo, but <laughs> we make bingo really fun at Winter Carnival. So we've got uh, party bingo and grand bingo that happen uh, during the middle of the week. And the prizes that you can win there are amazing for, you know, playing a few rounds of bingo. You can win full uh, getaways to McCall. You can win snowmobile rentals. You can win hot springs tickets. You can uh, like just a million different things you can win. So I think maybe it's the prizes that really draw people in. (laughs) Awesome. All right. Well, let's take another break. And then uh, I want to ask you about some logistics and things like that when we come back. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. When you're stuck out in the cold or want to cozy up in your off-the-grid cabin, a Honda generator gets you going. Stop by DMB Supply to pick up one of these power players. Quiet, lightweight, and fuel efficient, Honda generators make winter camping, ice fishing, and even power outages more bearable. Take on the elements in a way you can take anywhere. Get all fired up for anything that winter brings and grab a Honda generator at your neighborhood DMB. Say you were to ride off into the sunset. Ideally, what kind of boots and clothes would you be wearing? For horseback riders of all styles, nothing beats the look and performance of Ariat. Available at D&B Supply. Everyone from famous rodeo cowboys to country music legends to equestrian Olympians turn to Ariat with confidence. You can count on them too. Think of Ariat as your ultimate riding companion for the life and times in the West. When you need to better outfit your ride with Ariat, stop on by your favorite D&B Supply. Well, Mackenzie, you mentioned uh, a while back about people coming from around the world occasionally. What is the furthest away someone's come to, to visit the carnival that you know of? You know, I met um, I met a gentleman from Australia last year, actually. That might be the, the farthest, I'm trying to think of like the longest flight time. Yeah. That's probably it. But uh, we have people from all over Europe that come. They, a lot of them have ties to Idaho, whether it's family in the area or things like that. Uh-huh. Um, but every now and then we just get a visitor that, that wants to check it out. <laughs> what about your competitors? How far will they travel to compete in the sculpting or I guess even the uh, the dog sledding? Yeah, so um, the dog sledders tend to be uh, from the Pacific Northwest, 
a lot of our sculptors are actually local or from the Boise area. Uh-huh. And so it's kind of it's kind of fun that way that we keep it all there. There's actually a second snow sculpting competition, which is the Idaho State Snow Sculpting Championship. This is different than our local sculptures. Um, and what's really great is if you miss the first weekend, you can come midweek and the second weekend to see these. They start with blocks of snow Mm -hmm. that they have to carve. And these teams come um, from all over. We have teams from Montana and Washington and Oregon, and they compete for the top prize. And then they go on to the national snow sculpting competition as the winners there. So really a lot of people from all over come in to pitch in. And what happens with the ice and the snow sculptures after the carnival is over? Well, a lot of us just uh, wait till they melt. <laughs> they typically stay up. If we have, if the weather's on our side, uh, the snow sculptures can last for two or three weeks. Some of the detail obviously gets lost the longer they're up. Unfortunately, in, in a couple of instances, they have to be bulldozed so that we can make room for parking again and, and things like that. But we keep them up as long as we can where we can. So... Highway 55 coming up from the Treasure Valley, and this, of course, is for the for the folks down here. That can get pretty busy. Is there any group transportation or anything like that for people that want to come up and, and kind of help minimize that traffic? You know, we've worked with some of the busing companies in the past. We're working on some, some new busing options for this year, although I don't have that 100% set. The best thing I can say is is carpool. If you have a group that's coming up, put as many people in that car as is safely possible (laughs) and drive slow. You know, the highway department does an amazing job of clearing Highway 55. There can be a few icy corners, but generally speaking, it's not a terrible drive if you're just not in a hurry. Now, what about lodging? Does this normally sell out or is there still stuff available? Lodging can be a little bit tricky. Uh, For the first weekend uh, coming up, uh, lodging is very tight. I would say um, hotels generally fill up the fastest, and most of those are sold out at this point. But I would recommend going on to the McCall Chamber website, which is mccallchamber.org. And there we have a list of property management companies. I think sometimes people forget about all of the different apartments and condos and homes that we have for rent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of those are still available, and they can be just as cost-effective as a, as a hotel a hotel room because you can fit more people in it. But second weekend, we definitely have availability. So don't give up hope. If you have not booked your, your lodging yet, I'd really recommend you jump on our website, uh, take a look, start making a few calls, and I bet you'd be surprised if, that you can find some lodging still. <laughs> Great. So uh, at least for if everything's sold out on the first week and the second weekend, we still should find some availability going through the Chamber's yep. website. Okay. Yep, absolutely. Well, if people want more information, if they want to come up and, and check this out for the very first time, where can they go to find out more? Yeah, so uh, the McCall Chamber website is a great starting point, great to preview everything. It's mccallchamber.org. There's a big tab that says Winter Carnival. And on there, there's a whole bunch of information, the full event schedule, um, all the information about the sculptures, the vendors, everything that we've got going on. And then you can also stop into uh, the McCall Chamber office when you get into town. Um, but we do distribute a printed guide. Um, it'll be available online, but then if, when you when you arrive uh, to McCall, we put those everywhere, in restaurants, in hotels, um, at different points of sale, all throughout the town. So you'll probably just look near the cash registers and you'll spot one. They're completely free. They have the full event schedule, the sculpture map, um, and a whole lot of information that you need for Carnival. Well, Mackenzie, and if there's folks that just cannot make it up this year, is there any way for them to participate from home? There is indeed. KTVB has been a great partner with us. Um, they are actually going to be broadcasting the Mardi Gras parade. So if you can't make it up or if you just want to take a sneak peek at what goes on at Carnival while you're planning your trip for next year, um, you can tune into KTVB and watch the Mardi Gras parade. All right. Well, Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on and 
taking the time to share this with us and have a great carnival this year. Thank you so much. We're looking forward to it. Everybody, we will be right back with John Scholes. Know how to work it on and off the job? Wear Dickies with jeans, pants, shirts, and more made for all you hardworking, good-looking types. Find what's fit to be worn at D&B. Since 1922, Dickies has been making it work with denim and other duds that go the distance. These days, Dickies comes in all fits, fabrics, styles, and sizes, but one core thing holds true. They sure do hold up. When you want to wear it well without wearing it out, pick up some Dickies at D&B Supply. In the thick of winter, it's time to think about a thick, full lawn. No, really. At DMB Supply, we plan ahead and carry Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed so you can get a head start, too. For a better lawn this spring, limit foot traffic on those brittle leaves of grass. Sharpen your mower blades and schedule lawn feedings by creating reminders on your phone or calendar. Then pick up some Scott's Turf Builder Weed and Feed on your next trip to your favorite DMB Supply. John, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on today. Hey, thanks, Matt. You bet. I'm excited to talk to you. You know, it's pretty amazing what you do and the way you're able to sculpt things both out of wood and ice and snow and all of that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing it way too long. <laughs> way too long? Well, that's interesting. So, kind of <laughs> yeah. gave an introduction of you at the at the beginning of the show, but you have, you have won the top prize up there at the McCall Winter Carnival 10 times, right? I think it's 10 out of tw- the last 12. Wow. That is really amazing. So tell us about you and what you do for a second. So obviously you do the ice sculptures up there in McCall. What else do you do in terms of artwork and sculpting and, and all of that? Well, i am also been a chainsaw sculptor for the last 28 some years. And, I, you know, I, I went to four years of art school right out of high school and graduated. And then I did an apprenticeship with a master carver down in California we traveled all over the United States for a year, basically following him around, learning what he knew, teaching me tricks of the trade. And then uh, when I got back, just picked up a saw and ran to a little place on the highway and off we went. And I've been doing it ever since. So have you been artistic your whole life or is this something that you decided you wanted to do and you went out and you made yourself learn it? I'm pretty left-brained. I've okay. um, been pretty artistic most of my life. But it doesn't say that you have to be you know, born with talent to gain talent. Yeah, you can yeah. go out and learn something if you want to, right? But it's nice to uh, kind of have it. have the gift. Yeah, it, it helps to have the little bit of the creativity edge. Now, do you live up in McCall or, or just around that area? Where are you at? For the last, what, 15 years we've been in McCall. Before that, we were in uh, Spokane, Washington area. And how did you get started sculpting? And obviously, you've been you've been artistic and you went to art school. Was it always sculpting or is that something that developed over time? When I was in art school, I was, uh, I was a major in sculpture and painting. And I always kind of followed the sculpture track that was the funnest for me. And uh, I did ceramics and bronze casting and actually ran the bronze casting shop at the college for my last two years as work study. And the bronze casting is great, but it's super expensive to get into. Okay. You know, you know, it's real expensive. So there was never really an option for me to just bust right into doing bronze sculptures or anything like that. The wood was easy and it was gratifying and I just love it. Now, how did you pick McCall? Well, there's a few factors. We wanted to get out of the school district we were in with, with our young kids in Spokane. And McCall... I had been through here a few times and done sales here in McCall, and it was really good. And so I knew my business would thrive here. 
my wife's a chiropractor and her business will drive just about anywhere, mm-hmm. anywhere they're sold back. Yeah. And, but school systems are what sold us. The school system was a, a plus. So that's what we were after. A small town with a good school system that would support us. So that's how we decided to move here. Doesn't hurt that it's so beautiful up there. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. The people who live and work here, though, don't get to enjoy it as much as you think. No, I know. You get busy, and uh, it, it becomes life, yeah. right? No matter where you live. Yeah, sometimes we think about going and renting a room at the Shore Lodge just so we can take a vacation in our hometown. <laughs> I believe you. I believe you. So you uh, you have your shop set up right there on the side of Highway 55. Is that right, coming up from Boise into McCall? I was set up at Once Again, which was an antique shop, but she retired and sold. And so now it looks like I'm going to be working with Franz Witte in the springtime. Okay. So Franz Witte Landscaping is right near where I used to set up. It's before you get to McCall on the left-hand side as you're coming up from Boise on Highway 55. And so is your artwork and your sculpting, does that, is that what you get to do full-time or do you work outside of your artwork as well? I've been doing it full-time for eons, but recently, within the last five years, we started homesteading and, and doing farming, mm-hmm. and I also grow and sell microgreens and market vegetables at the market, and so as I'm starting to get beat up by carving, you know, my arms and my carpal tunnel and all that, uh-huh. I'm looking to do something different um, in the next 20 years. Gotcha. And so we're getting to farming, and we're going to be a big garlic farmer out here in McCall, so we, we're planting big fields of garlic and doing chickens and turkeys and market vegetables and stuff like that. So as I retire, I'm not going to totally retire. We're sure. going to switch and do farming instead. Well, very cool. So it literally has been too long. It's it's having a toll on your body. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah. 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 Running saws and stuff like that. Your shoulders go out, your elbows, carpal tunnel, all that fun stuff you get from doing physical labor work. Yeah. Interesting. I would not have thought of that, but it makes total sense, especially with the vibration from the saw and all of that going on all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I've got to take a quick commercial break, but when we come back, let's talk about what you sculpt and how you got started and and what the secret to all of this is. Is that all right? Okay. Yeah, you bet. Know what boots work as hard as you do? Georgia Boots, and you'll find a great selection at D&B Supply. If you're on your feet all day, Georgia Boots knows the feeling. That's why they've designed exclusive comfort systems that cushion and support down to the bottom of your soles, while on the surface, they shield you from tough conditions with one of the most durable leathers out there. See why they earned the nickname of America's hardest working boots and pick up a pair of Georgia boots at your favorite D&B Supply. It's a pretty super life here at D&B Supply, even for dogs and cats, because we now carry Wildology, the only pet food with Super Life Pro, a live probiotic blended with superfoods. Wildology is filled with the good stuff your pet needs to support a healthy body and immune system, like wholesome proteins, kale, chia seeds, and blueberries, because a healthy pet makes for a happy pet. Unleash your pet's superpower and pick up Wildology cat and dog food at your favorite D&B Supply. All right, John. Well, now that we're back, let's talk about what you sculpt. So obviously wood, and I've looked at your Facebook page. You've got some awesome bears that you've done and things like that. And then ice, is there anything else that you sculpt? Let's see. Um, No, just ice and snow and and the wood. As far as subject matter goes, I I carve a lot of the bears and the wildlife because that's what sells up here. Uh But I've also done Indians and small children and 
more refined carvings where I spend a lot more time on them. Interesting. And I also do several, I've done quite a few chainsaw carving championships around the United States okay. as well. I, I used to do pretty well in those top five or so. The most recent one I did was this year in Troy, or it was in Libby, Montana, uh-huh. and that was a uh, that was a world invitation only, uh, worldwide chainsaw carving event in Libby, Montana, and there was they invited twenty carvers from all around the world, there from Europe and Germany and Japan, China, and I got invited and I went up there and I got third place. Congratulations! And I went up there. Thanks. That's incredible. And so they invited only 20 people or 20 people from outside the United States? Only 20 carvers, period. Wow. Great job. That's incredible. So let me ask you, what is easier to carve? This is probably a horrible question. Maybe neither one is easy, but is it ice or is it is it wood? Ice by far. Ice, ice by is far. Fun. Okay. Uh, so I, I do the snow sculpture as kind of a, a release. It's a, I do it for fun. I don't do it for money. You know, they do pay you some, but you got 10 days in that thing. And you get to build something really cool out of ice or snow and watch people's reactions for a week on it. You know, I'll usually spend that morning up in there watching people check it out. And it's pretty gratifying, but then it all melts away. How do you decide what you're going to sculpt when it comes to the Winter Carnival? How do you, how do you, I come up with the idea, I guess. So the Winter Carnival puts out a theme, and this year it is myths and legends uh-huh. and so working with the restaurant and uh, they got a little girl we decided i wanted to do a coral reef scene and so we're going to do the little mermaid very cool awesome so we're going to do schools of fish sharks little mermaid you know big clams stuff like that mm-hmm. real fun stuff and so do you use exclusively a chainsaw for the ice and snow sculptures or are there other tools involved as well chainsaws yeah, and I use what's called a sharp shovel. We take a stainless steel shovel and we sharpen it up, and it cuts size pretty nice. And some other little tools, but a lot of it's done with a chainsaw. And that's kind of different from most people that do it. Okay. From my background, I use chainsaw almost exclusively, and other carvers or snow sculptures you see around town, a lot of them will build it up with slush, or they'll you know use other tools, but since it's my trade that's kind of what i do so the people that are coming up and and that are i guess competing or collaborating with you on other sculptures they don't necessarily do this for a living this is something they're coming up and doing as a hobby yeah like the forest service they the forest service employees do it okay you know and some of the other businesses the the work people who work there do it like cons their family's done it for years and then there's businesses that'll hire professionals to come up and do them pull station and some of the other places around okay. town that they hire some guys out of boise that do ice and snow oh wow um, okay they do ice sculptures for chefs and stuff like that interesting i had no idea now when it comes to what you're going to create do you draw the image first and have it all planned out or do you just kind of see it in your mind and just make it appear i have it all planned out sometimes i don't draw it but i have it planned out in my head when we did like some of the real big ones, like the ice pyramid and stuff like that, we had a schematic to go by. Okay. Because that was pretty cool. So I don't know if you've seen any of the ones in the past that we've done, the big ones. But we did some pretty ambitious ones. I'm not quite that ambitious anymore. <laughs> okay. So I had a crew of like five or six guys, though, too, you know. And okay. Now I'm done. 
Gotcha. Now you've won this 10 times and you may have just answered this question, but is there one particular sculpture that you've done over time that stands out as your favorite? Yeah, uh, it would be the ice pyramid. We check out the stats on this. We pulled 480 blocks of ice out of the lake that were measured. They were 30 inches wide by six feet tall by about a foot thick. Wow. We pulled 480 of those out of the lake and we stacked them up into this giant pyramid with a snow sphinx on the front of it, and you could walk inside the pyramid, and there was like a 20 by 20 room in there. And we had the uh, sarcophagus and all the uh, Egyptian carvings on the walls and stuff, and lights and stuff inside of it. It was pretty amazing. That is amazing. Wow, that's incredible. Well, I want to ask you while I've got you here on the show, you know, so many times people who are left-brained, and they have an artistic bent, but they just don't know how they could ever turn their passion into a way of life. What advice do you have for people like that who are artistic, but they're sitting there convinced that, no, I can't do my art for a living? What would you tell them? Yeah, you stand on the edge. You know, you stand on the edge looking at what you think you could do, and it's like standing on the end of the dock, and you jump in, you're going to learn to swim. (laughs) If you don't, you're never going to learn how to swim. So basically, figure out being poor for a while, you know, but jump in, jump in and do it. Just do it. And don't be afraid to fail. If you jumped in and you fail, well, now you know. Yeah, that's that's right. You won't uh, have that lingering question later in life. You'll know that you at least gave it your best shot. Yeah. You're going to be, I always wish I would have. (laughs) Yeah, I tried that. It didn't work out so well. That's right. Well, John, hey, thank you so much for sharing a little bit of this with us today. And really, best of luck to you this year and with your future endeavors with garlic and chickens and turkeys and all of that. Yep, thanks. Come see us at Ruby's Kitchen. You can come up ahead of time and uh, chat. We're out there working. Don't be afraid to come in and chit-chat and always like take breaks. So. Sounds great. We'll see you up there. Thank you, John. Okay, take care. Thank you all for joining us today. And here is to you and your pursuit of the country lifestyle however you define it. For the D&B Show, I'm Matt Breckwald.